Yo guys, here is the Portuguese Camino podcast. Your tips and tricks and my honest review of how our seven days went walking the Portuguese route, which was on paper 110 kilometers, but it ended up being about 150 kilometers altogether, taking into consideration your steps around restaurants, shops afterwards and different things like that. So I'm really excited to bring you this podcast because it's going to be an honest review start to finish, how we got there, how we traveled, um, where we stayed, the cities that we walked through, tips and tricks when it comes to shoes, clothing, bags, blisters, like everything in between, you name it, it happened on the Camino. But you know what? It was definitely one once of a lifetime opportunity um, to just switch off from the world. I'll be totally honest, my first day there, I was like, what is this? What did I come over here for? Why, why did we bring people over here as a group? What's this? And then day, day two and day three, I got it. And I was actually calling it the Camino Stoned because day three, I completely switched off and really got into it. It was a mixture of just being out in nature, just like all, everything just, there was no sense of, I need to wear makeup. What do I look like? It was just bringing it back to old way of living is just the simple basics, the simple, simple basics. And there was a lot of peace in that. And that was the word I took from the Camino was peace. I just felt really at peace, leaving the modern fast paced everyday life world, the busy, busy, busy go, go train, heading out to rural Spain where there was, I think what did it for me was day two. There was an an elderly Spanish lady on a really old Spanish street going through really old towns that wasn't modernized at all. Like even had the old tractors, the really, really, really old tractors without the hood on it and everything and without without a cabin on it, just a seat. And she was out sweeping the road in front of her house, taking the stones out. I was like, okay, I just traveled back in time. And actually... And then I'll get into the podcast. One of the things that myself and Juliet said was when I was when we were talking about the peacefulness is like as if we traveled back in time, like there was old cars there. Nothing was really modernized in the rural little villages we were walking through. And I just felt like I'm a kid again in an adult body. This is brilliant. And barely had Internet at one stage, like we barely looked at our phones. I know I was vlogging as I was going along on Instagram but it wasn't that much but we just immersed ourselves into the old way of living without modern notifications coming in at us all sides from phones from Instagram from LinkedIn from phone calls from laptops from kids from everything like constantly being reactive reactivated from different things and notifications there was none of that and I said to Juliet at one stage there's no way in Ireland and in Dublin anyway there's no way in the big cities we can't go back to this. We're gone too far. Like we can't go back to this way of living unless there's a big massive reset in the world. Because even over in Spain, there was no such thing as chocolates at the desk or sweets at the desk or shoving things on your face, processed food like there is at the cashiers in Ireland anyway and most of the UK and America. There was none of that. All you got at the desk was fruit Um when you went to a cafe or when you went to a shop obviously even when you went into the big supermarkets when we went into the big supermarkets in I don't know it wasn't Pontevera I think it could have been Pontevera 
like there was barely any chocolate at the at the till to coax you to buy it. Like that's what I want to go back to. So that's what I took from the Camino was a complete switch off from modern day living and was transported back in time to like the old times without mobile phones, all of that jazz. That's what I felt like. And that brought peace to me. So my word from the Camino was peace. So let me bring you through my experience for the Camino. And at the end of this podcast, there is some WhatsApp voice notes um, left from the guys who traveled with us. So there was 18 of us who traveled with, who traveled over. There was meant to be more, but a few cancelled as we went along. We booked this, we got this crazy notion with our members to set a goal back in um, September, November, September, October in 2002. And I said, right guys, let's go to the Camino. This was my first week away from my kids in since oh, maybe 12, 13 years ago. And um, the last time I spent a week away from my kids, because as a single mom, well, how can you do it? Um, but now that my kids are older, 18 and 14 recording this podcast, I could do it. So that was my first time gone away. And um, I and my first time gone away from the business as well. And I was actually breaking it because um, I had instructors covering classes and everything and the whole shebang and things I'd everything like arranged down to a T. But, you know, things always go wrong, but they didn't. Things were absolutely fine with the kids and with the business. And it was my first week away. And I remember saying to the members, my daughter's going to be 18 next year. Like, I'll have the free leg as such. Let's go to the Camino. Who wants to go? And everybody went, me, 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 me. And um, we booked our flights straight away. We booked our flights with Aer Lingus. That's the first thing we paid. We paid a deposit. We went through um, one of the girls, Barbara, who does walks in the Camino. We went through her to book. But there is lots of ways you can book the Camino through Camino tour operators who organise the rooms for you, the hotels for you, um, the bus for you to pick you up from the airport and the bus to bring your baggage from a hotel to a hotel. So you're not carrying your big suitcase. So the only thing you're carrying is a little bag. So all that was organised. For I'll bring you from start to finish how we um, booked it. We booked our flights, paid the deposit, I think it was a hundred euro deposit, and that was to secure our rooms, our hotel rooms, which came with breakfast. We could have done dinner as well, but we didn't bother, but you can do dinner with certain tour companies. And um, it's basic food that you get for your dinner, but it's fine. It does the job and it's cheap and cheerful. So we got breakfast with our package that we um that we got and we got the bus that was bringing our heavy suitcases from hotel to hotel, dropped them down the reception in the morning and it was at the next hotel when we walked to the next um, destination. So it was easy peasy. So the everything was booked separately, really. Uh, the, the flights was booked separately from the actual package that we got with the hotel and the bag, the bag pick up and drop off from hotel to hotel. Um, OK, so we booked it in November for April the 23rd for a full week, Sunday to Sunday, flew with Aer Lingus out of Dublin. Some people travel from Meath, Galway and up to come with us um, and it was brilliant. So <clears throat> a full week, the first day we arrived, actually before we go on to the Camino, what was the training and the build up like for the Camino? So obviously my members do strength conditioning with me and weights and toning online with online fitness and in person locally here as well. So they had a good base when it came to their strength. Now, there was one or two that came that wasn't maybe three or four 
that wasn't really part of my fitness program. So they didn't really get into the strength conditioning side of things. And you could actually see that that was, they would have benefited from doing strength conditioning and from keeping a base level of fitness going. They would have benefited from doing that before they went to the Camino because the side effects of that then was um, just not having the strength and the stamina to keep going and to keep up with everybody. But the Camino is about go everybody going at their own pace, but just even the strength and the stamina. So root, tip number one, I would say is definitely build up a baseline fitness level and health level. As in, get doing your walking every day, even if it's only 15 minutes every day, do your walking. And then at the weekend, I would say do a longer walk. It doesn't have to be a big hike. It doesn't have to be a planned hike. Just a walk, but a walk that is not just flat all the time. This is one of the, this is one of the supposed mistakes one of the girls made was she was doing 5k every day, but it was flat walking. She wasn't, um, she wasn't putting herself and maybe testing herself and pushing herself a little bit more by going uphill, incline, um, into different terrain. It was all flat all the time, which was fine, but she would have benefited more from walking in different terrain, going up and down inclines and stuff like that to make it a little bit harder for her. Because the Camino is, is um, it's good walking ground. It's footpath style stuff with tiny little gravel here and there. But there is some inclines. Um, so it's to get used to those inclines as well and get your feet and ankles used to different style of movement. That's what that's tip number one. Tip number two, I would say, is definitely have some sort of strength conditioning and some sort of weights, weight bearing exercises that you can incorporate at once or twice a week into your routine and just do it to build up strength and stamina. That's what I would say. And walking for at least 15 minutes every day and then at the weekends do longer walks in different terrains and all that to so get used to it. And even your 15 minute walk every day or 30 minute walk it doesn't have to be big, big um, goals every day that I have to do an hour's walk every day for the build up to Camino. You don't. You're better. I say it all the time. Consistency with small efforts work. The compound interest that you build up over time then will, will, you'll see the benefit of it when it comes to any event. If you're saying, oh, I'm going to do an hour's walk every day, but you actually don't have time for an hour's walk every day, it's not going to happen. You'll do it for a week and then you'll stop. And then because you've trained your mind to do something impossible, well, what seems impossible because you don't have the time carved out for it, you just stop because why would you bother doing it? There's no reward because you're failing all the time. So set yourself up for success. Set yourself up for daily wins, small efforts that you're winning every day. And when you're winning every day, you build up that winning mindset. When you're losing every day, you're engraving I'm a failure into your mindset and your mindset begins to believe that then because you're setting yourself, your high standards for your fitness are too much. So on the build up to the Camino, definitely get your weights in, build up your strength and do your walking and do your stretching. That is it. The second tip pre-Camino is what I would say is build yourself up with hydration. Start getting the electrolytes into you every day. One electrolyte every day. Now I'm no doctor. If you think that um, natural electrolytes, even in the form of coconut water or melon or even artificial, not artificial, but electrolytes in a packet um, like the fluorescent tablets, I would take one every day if it was me anyway, personally. I've been taking them every day and they're an absolute game changer for hydration, which brings hydration to the whole body, including muscle groups that are repairing back. 
electrolytes are potassium, magnesium and sodium, which is salt, together in a drink. Knock it back, job done, your hydration's there and start getting the water into you. That is it, guys. And the prep then when it comes to your shoes and your feet is, <clears throat> I would suggest, I bought boots. I didn't bring them to the Camino because I didn't break them in. And I was reading up really quickly about the Camino before I left. Like our guide said to get certain boots and certain shoes, which is fine. And they were really, really expensive, some of them. Some of the members bought them, never wore them or broke them in and wore them the first time in the Camino and got blisters on day one. One lady got blisters, one of our members got blisters so bad she ended up in hospital in day two or three. And they were so bad. So she was walking every second day then after that because she didn't break in the boots. My personal suggestion, based on my personal experience, nobody else's because I can't speak for anybody else, is I wore my Brook Runners that I have for two years that I that I bought two years ago. I wore them Brook Runners because they're comfortable. If they got wet, I could dry them easily at nighttime with a hairdryer because they're really light. And I brought Nike, fresh new Nike thick cotton socks. Do you know the real thick um, Nike socks with the high... um. The knee high socks in the Nike and the ankle socks that come way up over your ankle. The, I bought six pairs of those socks um, before I left. And I'll be totally honest, I wore the same pair of socks for three days because they were so comfy. They were thick and comfy. I tied my lacers up and my Brooks runners really tight to stop the friction. So there was no gap in between my heel and my runner. That's the trick. Um, and they worked for me. I didn't get any blisters whatsoever because my shoes were light, they were bouncy. I tied them tight every day so there wasn't any friction and job done. And they got wet one or two days from jumping over rivers and stuff like that for the crack. It's fine. They dried that night in the heat. I just left them out in the windowsill. They were fine. Some of the guys got 1,000 mile socks, which we would recommend. Um, So I would recommend the really thick, 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 Nike socks with the high that come up really high and you pull them up the reason I got the knee high ones and the mid calf socks was because I wore shorts the whole time because it was pretty hot I didn't wear any long pants so I would suggest not bringing any at all for me personally because the way I look at it is if it does rain I was better off getting my skin wet because it's easier dry and socks because I brought six pairs of knee high socks I was better off getting them wet rather than getting trousers wet and carrying stuff so that's tip number two tip number three and this is key guys right I didn't know what to bring I packed a 10 kg carry-on wait and hear this I put high heels in the carry-on where was I going with high heels because I thought the last night would be like Spain kind of style and you get dressed up you're so your feet are so tired the last thing you want to do is put on high heels on the last night I'm telling you don't bother bringing high heels don't bother bringing dressy dresses don't bother. You're bringing comfy, don't even bother bringing long trousers or long leggings. You won't wear them. It's too hot. Like even when you're walking, it's too hot. You're better off just wearing shorts all the time and long socks. You're better off. And then if you want to at nighttime, then wear like light, tiny little summer dresses, which you want with a car, with flip flops because your feet are so swollen and tired. Flip flops will do you. And all you want to do is put your feet up. So there's no need for dressy clothes, honestly. And like, I was so bad. I'm going to be brutally honest with this podcast. I wore the same shorts for three days. I wore the same socks for three days. Um, The t-shirt that I wore over there, I wore home. The jacket that I wore over there on Sunday, I wore home on the Sunday again. So the clothes that you wear over there, because Sunday is, Sunday is a travel day. 
and getting you to the hotel day. And the next day too then is when you get up and go walking. So you can wear the same clothes home as you did there if they're not sweaty. No problem like. And if they are, you can just rinse them and dry them off as you're going along. They'll be fine. And th- anyway, there's plenty of shops along the way. Like we stopped off in one of the towns, I think it was Petrovera or Pontevera. It was lovely. That was the first proper city that we came across. There's like Zara, Mango and all that jazz. So if you're stuck, like you can go in and buy some T-shirts for yourself, which some people did because we all brought the, half the wrong clothes. So tip number one, do not pack for going out. You're packing for comfort. Packing, layering, light layers. And the t- tip number three is when it comes to your bag, tip number two when it comes to your bags is I came back with a repetitive injury on my left ankle because my bag was so bloody heavy that I was carrying in my back every day. Looking back at a picture, I was like, how did I not wreck my back? Like we carried rain gear, we carried jackets, carried everything. If I was going again, what I would say is a really good poncho, a really good long poncho it's more than enough. You're, if you wear shoes, light shoes and light boots, whatever you're used to shoes wise, wear them. Just don't go by textbook. You wear what you're comfortable doing long walks every day. And you wear those shoes because they'll be the best shoes and runners for you. And then a long, long poncho with a hood is what I would cover. A good one that if it does come raining, you put it over your head, over your bag, down around and you'll be absolutely fine. There's no need for big, massive rain gear, lads. Like... Personally, anyway, I wouldn't because you're carrying this heaviness in your bag. What I would do is if you want to bring rain gear, leave it in your suitcase because your suitcase goes from hotel to hotel and just check the weather app. And if it's going to be belting down rain, we'll then bring um, then bring your rain gear that day. But my suggestion would be the only thing that I would bring in the bag is because it does weigh you down, guys, and it will cause injuries if the bag is too heavy and it'll be just too much is a small little first aid kit for yourself for plasters, compete and all that. Maybe change socks, water and sun cream, your phone and money. Honestly, lads, and your snacks, that's it. There's shops along the way, there's cafes along the way. You won't be stuck. Like, you will not be stuck. Um, <clears throat> You won't be stuck. And there are, my, there are my tips before you even begin anywhere at all. And that's it. And a hat, maybe, that's it. Do not be carrying a, do not be carrying a big suitcase I had a big bag in my back. One of the girls had a big massive bag in her back as well and that was pulling her down. I got rid of my bag on my back the last day I, because one of the girls left early because of her knees and all that jazz and she just said, you know what, I'm just going to go home early. There's no point. And I had her space then for her bags from bus to bus and I got rid of my bag the last day and I kid you not, I jogged into the town. That the last day I jogged most of it because I felt so free from that bloody bag. It was huge. I'll never do it again. Anyway, there are the top tips before you go. Definitely bring your compete plasters, your compete stick. They reckon Vaseline. Like if you get if your if your feet aren't used to walking and going in different terrain, um, and some actually some medication that some types of medication that people are on causes their skin to be thin, so you're going to be prone to blisters then anyway. There's, I was lucky that I didn't get any. One or two of us didn't get any, but everybody else got blisters. Sometimes you just can't avoid them, but you can be prepared. Now, let's get into it. So, seven days, we took the Portuguese route, 110 kilometres, lies, lies. That's what it says on paper. We, some of us clocked up 150 kilometres by the time you're walking around shops and restaurants when you get to your little village and, and city as well. So look, at you're doing long walks every day. So the last thing you're going to do 
it gets threshed up in the evening. Anyway, so we flew into, we went from Dublin, Aer Lingus, Sunday, flew in from, um, flew into San Diego. And then San Diego, there was a bus waiting for us, all organised, hopped on the bus. The bus brought us to our first destination, which was over the Portuguese, which was over the Spanish border in Portugal, in the Portuguese. That's where we started. It was Valencia, not Valencia near Barcelona now. Valencia. So Valencia, V-A-L-E-N-C-A. <clears throat> so we arrived there. Valencia is a little old town contained within a fortress of walls that date back to the 13th century. It was a dull day. It was a dull day when we arrived we went for dinner that night. This was the Sunday uh, as a group so everybody could get to know each other because a lot of people didn't know each other. And um, so it was nice and we had dinner and all that jazz. Now, what I would say is, right, a little tip if you're going with a group. It kind of gets a little bit awkward for the first night of pain and drinks and all that jazz, right? So what I would say is you're probably better off splitting the table up into fours and because like some like a lot of guys didn't drink at our group and a lot of guys did and it can add up to be quite expensive if you're if you're all splitting the bill just down between each other and that's not fair for a lot of people who don't drink as well um but saying that the seven up and the coke was just as expensive as the alcohol when you think about it so what i would suggest is either ha- get someone to have revolute and someone control the group revolute and that everybody revolutes over their amount to the one revolute and the one revolute will pay for it or what you could do is out for dinner especially when you're going for large large groups because these things are important and nobody really talks about it maybe everyone's sitting if you're we were in a long table but we decided then after that then we were going to break it up into fours or threes that it was easier for the waitress to pay for people's dinners and fours and threes and drinks so everyone knew what they had. And then we all left an overall tip then as well. Or if you know someone in the group that is really clever with um, Revolut, they can, um, you can just Revolut your price, your cost over to them as well. So what got included in our trip was breakfast. We got breakfast included in our trip. We got our bag transfers from hotel to hotel when we got our hotels. Now, the hotels, you had options before we left. You had an option to have a shared accommodation or you had an option to do a sole, like um, a single room, uh, a single room option. I picked the solar room option because when I'm tired, I can snore. Some people for and it was an extra 200 euro. It was well worth it. Um, it was well worth it. Some people decided to go sharing. I'll be honest, in day two and three, there was a lot of snoring going on because people were tired. So people were looking to get moved um, and looking for single occupancy rooms. So what I would say is. If you're looking to save a bit of money, um, I would say and, and if you snore and you like your sleep um, or if you snore or you're a very light sleeper, I would say get your own room. Like for the sake of the extra 200 euro, it was well worth it because if I was sharing a room with someone I'd be afraid that I'd be snoring when I get tired or if I had extra sugar and and like that if someone else was snoring I wouldn't be able to sleep and I'd be so cranky I'd be so cranky and there's only so much earplugs can do so if you are a light sleeper and you do think you snore um I would suggest get your own room honestly I would or share with somebody and now saying that um it was half and half 
because other girls that shared with each other had the best time ever and they were laughing and having the absolute crack and they said it was the best holiday ever that they'd laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh in the morning time and the evening time reminiscing on the day so it was half and half so it just depends you know it just depends and I think you you know if you're the person that just cannot share with somebody don't bother sharing but saying that if you want to kind of open up your mindset and be involved with cool people for the week and test yourself to see can you share with somebody do it but they're just to know that there would be options then to try get a single room supplement but you'll have to pay for it when you're over there so that is the crack anyway guys let's start we went because I don't want this podcast to go over because there's whatsapp messages at the end from the members so Day one, we flew in. Day two, we walked 20 kilometres from Valencia through the old town to Perino. Uh, to per, per, Perino, I think it is. Anyway, I'll be totally honest. Day one, I was like, is this the Camino? Because this is pretty crap. And I'm just being totally honest. And this is my total opinion. And I was there. I said nothing to nobody. And I was like, did we come all the way over here for this? I didn't really find the first bit scenic. I kind of found it a bit industrial. Like I was expecting like being immersed in nature. But Looking back, like I was still winding down from work. I was still in fight or flight mode from like, go, go, go at home. I didn't really give my chance, myself a chance to fully switch off. And plus I thought I was going into paradise straight away. So I didn't really like the first day scenery wise. Um, it was all kind of walking along the side of the motorway and all that kind of jazz and in and out of woods and then back onto road again. I was like, are we walking the road all the time? This is not what I expected. I expected silver paths, follow the yellow brick road, all of that jazz. By the way, you could totally do the Camino by yourself. There's yellow arrows everywhere. There's people everywhere doing the same route. You cannot get lost. So you could totally do the Camino by yourself. You could, you don't even need a guide. You could totally just go and follow the yellow, follow the, it's it's very well posted. You cannot get lost. There's no way you can get lost. Um. So I was expecting like trees, mountains, scenery, like yellow brick roads, all this kind of jazz. You won't get that in the first day anyway from the Portuguese route. But the second day when we um landed in Perino, Perino's lovely. Um, it's it's fab. There's like the first day we what was pretty cool was actually we walked from the Portugal side over to the Spanish side through a bridge, a drawbridge, and over um a big over a big river. That was deadly. So when we got into the Spanish side, so that was deadly that we actually were in two countries in one day. So that was pretty cool. Um we crossed over the river, um Min Min Mino, I think it is, uh into Spain via bridge designed by Gustav um Eiffel. Um so he designed that. It was pretty impressive, all right. Um so we pra- passed through uh Parador of Tui, I think it's called, and we walk uphill through narrow streets of Tui at the Tui, and um we collected our first stamp in Spain in the Tui Cathedral, um, which was nice. So another thing to know is we got Camino passports as well. They're like little booklets. Um, our guide got them here in Dublin before we left. So she actually gave it to us at the airport. So basically your passport gets stamped in major little areas and cafes and shops that we go into. Everywhere you go into any cathedral, any shop, they all have a stamp and you stamp your book. So basically you have a paper trail of everywhere that you were wore because you'll forget. Well, guess what happened to Krina? Day three, I lost mine. 
no idea where I left it. I didn't bother replacing it because I said, you know what? I have my Instagram stories. I have my memories and I'll be back again anyway. So I didn't panic. Everyone was asking me where the book was. I said, lads, I lost it. But uh, there was some people, some some tours there that were so organised they had everyone's passports in a freezer bag and one person went up every time to each place to get them stamped and that's organised we weren't that organised so um, we ended our day then day two in the Perino town famous for its pink Perino granite stone so there you go the Perino was nice Um, got up the next day we always got up around I think it was we always got up around seven and left around nine this is another tip, right? I think personally that is too late because what we found was the morning that we did leave early and we did a sunrise walk the last day, we got into the we got into our destination so early that we had loads of time to explore the village. So the next tip I would say is, guys, you're better off like because you're wrecked anyway and you're gone into bed like you're wrecked and you're gone into bed early enough. So I would say up at half six and gone by seven. Um, because we weren't get we weren't leaving until nine o'clock. It was too late, guys. So I would say up, eat, and gone by half seven or gone by seven o'clock, and you'll get the lovely sunrise then as well, and it's absolutely fab. Um, I would say be gone by seven, and that means then you're at your destination two hours earlier, which means you have time to relax, like back in the hotel, clean yourself up, go down for something to eat, and go for a walk around the town. That's what I would say. And that would be my suggestion. Everyone that was on our tour agreed because we didn't do that till the last day and everybody agreed. It was too late getting up at seven and leaving at nine. Okay, so day three, we walked 22 kilometers again. Lies. This is what's down paper. It was always longer, <laughs> always longer. Um, This time we, we it was this time day two and day three. I really felt like I was at the Camino then. It was picturesque stuff like it was absolutely gorgeous and we actually had a beach dip that day as well and it was gorgeous um it was lovely um so we passed through some picturettes hamlet of moss i think it was before reaching uh Riedella. okay i think that's what it is it's a pretty place uh to stop for lunch and you look around and you just see this you just see the water and the sea and the bridge it was absolutely lovely and um we strolled into arcade where we stayed in a fab place, the food was lovely, and that's where we took a beach dip. Um, and I can tell you what, on day three, when we arrived at the hotel, we really felt it that day on day three because we're three days walking at that stage, or sorry, two days walking at that stage. So we could really feel it. So we were glad of the cold water. So definitely bring your swimsuit. I kept my swimsuit in my bag. And um, I'll tell you why. I'm glad I did. Because on day four, we came across a really cool waterfall. And if I did not have my swimsuit, I'm be honest, I would have went in on my underwear because I got an eat, pray, love moment when I came across that waterfall. Anyway, so <clears throat> day three, that's where we had a lovely meal. Everyone was having the crack. Everyone was settling into everything and went for the beach swim and came back up had the meal and a few drinks and we were in bed early and to get up for day four. Day four was a short day, which was really cool because that because day four was short, we got to spend a good bit of time in Pontevera. Pontevera is gorgeous. That was the first big city that we came across. Um, next, uh, Santiago would be bigger. It was gorgeous. So Pontevera went from Arcade to Pontevera. Um, oh, we got a swimming pool actually in one of the days as well. Um, 
where did we get the swimming pool? Let me see. We got the swimming pool in day five, actually, at the hotel. So that was nice. That cooled us down as well. So from Arcade, day four, Arcade to Pontevera, 13K, that was a nice short day. That was lovely. Um, we crossed a beautiful Roman bridge to Arcade. And um, where did we go then? Which we kept walking. Like, honestly, guys, there was loads of old towns, old villages. Like, take your time. Don't be rushing. You're going to meet loads of people along the way. This is the next tip, right? Break away from your group. Talk to other people en route. Like I was talking to different Spanish people. I had my Google Translate out. I kept breaking away from the group to get my own space. Not that I wanted to get away from the group, but I, you know, you need your own space as well when you're there. So don't be afraid to break away from the group as in slow down, walk ahead talk to people walking along the way like there's people on their own walking there was a girl with a dog in her backpack walking who came from Germany and um, she was working over in Spain and she decided to drive down and just walk the route there was people there on their own there was people doing it for charity there was people doing it for personal reasons like a lot of the people in our group were doing it for personal reasons as in my first time away from the kids um, wanting to do it for the peace and to get away and experience something for myself. Some other people were there because they um, came through an illness and they wanted to push themselves um, because they can. Um, you know, some people, it was their first time two years ago, they wouldn't have walked to the shop, let alone walk 100k. And they were, that was a, their personal, personal journey that they were doing this for themselves and walking like 20k where before they wouldn't even walk to the shop you know everyone was doing it for their own reasons which was really 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 lovely so Pontevera I enjoyed that there's lovely history there's lovely cathedrals there's lovely shops there's that's the place then that if you do need to change your clothes if you brought wrong clothes with you and you need extra t-shirts or whatever there's Zara there's H&M um mango and it's fairly nice we had a lovely hotel there actually a nice city hotel again because I had the room to myself I was able to go back and relax and chill and then I took free time to myself and that's the good thing about the trip as well like I took free time to myself where I didn't feel like I had to be with the group all the time once we decided in Pontevera we all decided we were doing our own thing and that's the thing some groups stayed together for dinner which is nice for the first one or two nights definitely the first one to two, three nights to stay together for dinner to build that relationship and get to know each other. But then by the time we got to Pontevera, it was day four. Everyone kind of was naturally branched off in their own little groups. So I just took off by myself and I said, oh, lads, I'll see you later. Um, I'll see you later. And I took off to the shops. I took off to the supermarket. I actually got my salad. I was kind of sick of the food at that stage. The lunches were like croissants because we were kind of, we got our breakfast. Breakfast was grand. Breakfast in each hotel was fine. It was sometimes, it was croissant, a piece of fruit and toast. Grand, it was fine. Sometimes you got eggs, sometimes you didn't. I had my protein powder with me and my multivitamin. So I whisked that up every morning for breakfast to give myself 24 grams of protein to start me off for the day. That was a saviour. I brought it with me in a bag and I brought it down for breakfast every day, mixed up with some water and gave myself 24 grams of plant-based protein and multivitamin. So at least if the breakfast was crap, at least I got my protein in, which kept me sustainable sugar for the day. And then I brought some fruit with me and some nuts and water. You can stop along the way in cafes and all that. You get your own lunches. Some cafes are good. Some cafes aren't great. Um, 
So I decided when I got to Pontevera, I found a supermarket in the lovely, it reminded me of, reminded me of Italy, actually. The streets were fab and small and cobblestoned. It was lovely. So I went and got myself a salad in the supermarket, some fruit and some protein bars. So I had those then for the next day, which was amazing. Um, so that was Pontevera, absolutely lovely. And um, a Camino fact about Pontevera was once a key trading port and is where the Santa Maria Columbus flagship was built. So there you go. That's the fun, that's the Camino fact about Pontevera. So there you go. Day five, we got up and it was 21, 21 kilometers. It was actually longer than that. And we were walking from Pontevera to Casas de Ris, I think it is. Now, let me tell you about this day. Because it was this day that we found a waterfall along the way. I think it's this day. I need to check my notes, actually. Um, I'll check my notes. So we were walking from Pontevera to Casa de Ris. Oh, I loved this day. Like this day was lovely. The scenery and the mountains, um, like the old women out, out doing the, out sweeping the road, like coffees, like lads, everywhere we went, everything was so reasonable. Coffee was a euro. You can get a coffee and a croissant for 150. Like it was where we found all the deep, deep inner rural Spain, like rural Spain, where they were looking at you going, what's this one wearing like, you know, and they're all speaking Spanish. It was lovely, 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 lovely. So <clears throat> day four was the longest day. And um, breakfast was lovely, actually, in this place as well. It was fab. The breakfast in Pontevera before we left the hotel that we stayed in. I can't remember the names of the hotel. I have them all written down here. I'll put them in the show notes anyway. I can't even pronounce them. Uh, Pontevera Hotel Rias Bajas. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Rias or R-I-A-S Bajas, I think it is, or Bajas. <laughs> B-A-J-E-J-S. But the breakfast was lovely. We went downstairs like this dungeon part. It was real old medieval and the spread was fab. I was like proper protein, proper fruit and everything. It was lovely. Um, so we walked along. It was the longest day. It was the hottest day. It was roasting. By the way, at this stage, some of the guys had so, so their blisters were so bad that they just ended up getting taxis. Some people got taxis midway through. They decided they were going walking for half the route and then getting a taxi in the village, the next village and going to the hotel. The guys, if it happens, it's totally fine as well. We all had just an understanding that in the morning time, people made a decision going, listen, guys, I'll let you know, but I might go halfway because my blisters are killing me and then get a hotel, a, a taxi back to the hotel and rest so I can do the same the next day. So it's totally cool. That if you decide in the morning time that, look, it's going to be about 25k today, I'm only doing 10 or 12, that's fine. We can stop at villages along the way and get taxis. So the waterfall, guys, right? We've um, The only reason we found this waterfall and the guides didn't even know about this waterfall, which some of the guys were pretty annoyed about, because we kind of at this stage, we were all on our own groups. And this is what I'll say is that some people were fast walkers, some people were slow walkers. For the likes of me, I was taking my time. I didn't really feel like belting on. One or two days I did, but I felt like taking my time because I wanted to immerse, immerse myself into a slow pace movement because every day is really busy for me. So my whole goal for the Camino was to slow down. So I just wanted to take my time. So our guide took off. She was at the top all the time and I was kind of sweeping through the crowd, talking to everybody. So I decided that I was going to just 
break away from our group the odd time and just talk to people along the way or just be silent. So I got talking to this guy anyway. He was Spanish. He was lovely. Uh, he had a bit of English, so I got out the Google Translate anyway. And I said, he said he's done it a few times. So I said, oh, is there something that we should see that maybe we're missing because we're following the yellow arrows? Because you just follow the yellow arrows. Everybody's walking the same route. You can't get lost. And there's yellow arrows everywhere. And everyone, everyone would be saying, Bon Camino, Bon Camino, Bon Camino. It's like good Camino. Um, in other words, have a good Camino. So everyone you met was like, Bon Camino, Bon Camino. Um, so it was lovely. It, it was like everyone, one big massive community. So anyway, he said to me, when you go up here, um, keep an eye out for a big park, a big nature park, a sign for a big na- park de nature de Rio Bar, Bar, Barossa. So B A R. OSA. I'll put it in the show notes anyway. So it was on the way from Par Pontevera to Casas de Ris or whatever it is. Again, in the show notes, I'm not Spanish. I'm not even going to try pronounce them. I didn't even Google Translate to try pronounce them either. So sorry about that. So basically, it's what Casa de Ris is. It's called the Thermal Springs of Kings. Within the town, you can actually go into little thermal springs. They're tiny little things. I thought they were going to be more impressive than what they were. What was more impressive for me was this waterfall that we found. So about five kilometres out before you come to the town of Casa de Ris, you'll you'll go through, you'll, you'll come off the beaten track. You'll come off the small beaten track and you'll come to a, up to a main road that will take you right Look across the road. You'll know what I'm talking about when you come near it. It's about three minutes off off the the Camino route, and it is a waterfall. So if you're going from Pontevera to Casa de Ris and you're doing the Portuguese route, um, just Google waterfall and you'll find it in this big national park. I'm telling you now, it was a eat love pray eat love moment or whatever that program is anyway, where Yuan goes off and does her own thing, because. It was, and it was, it was actually a vision of mine for the Camino because I had my swimsuit in my bag all the time. I thought we were going to be a lot more coastal, but we weren't. We were a lot more mountainy. So the next time we go to the Camino, which is next year, we're going to do the coastal route first and then come up along this route and then hit the waterfall again because a lot of the members missed it last time. The ones that were belted ahead and just was running a race and kept going because that's what they wanted to do. They missed it. Now, they didn't know about it either at the same time. But I just wanted to take my time, kind of chill, talk to the locals or talk to people who were on it. Do they know anything that we should know about or what are we missing? You know, anyway, it was lovely. We walked up and it was just fabulous. Um, It was just absolutely fabulous. I don't know if there's a way of putting a video up here, but I might just stick up a video again. Um, It's on my Instagram anyway, if you go back and look um, through the post, you see the Camino. But I just went, oh, putting on my swimsuit, put on my swimsuit and jumped in to the base of the little waterfall kind of thing. And it was absolutely fab. So we just sat there. There was me, there was Mary, there was Barbara. I can't remember who else was there because I just completely switched off. And we just sat there for ages sitting at the edge of the waterfall going, how lucky are we like that we're able to experience this? And this is crazy. Like one of the wonders of the Camino route, but it was fab. Anyway, look it up. So we left there anyway, we went into the lovely town. It was lovely. We had a lovely dinner there as well along the river um, with the crew. It was lovely. Um, really, really, really nice. Um, 
So we had a lovely dinner there, got to bed early that night. And then we had day six. Day six was our last, oh no, it wasn't. No, we had day six, yeah. Uh, reaching your journey, okay, perfect. So day six, we walked from the Cadas Caldas to Pardon, the Pardon Peppers. So if you ever eat the green peppers, uh, the Pardon Peppers, that's more or less where they originate from, I think. So it was lovely. It was nice. Again, the scenery was nice. It was fab. Um, like everywhere you went, there were those Pardon Peppers as you come into it. Like the walk was everything that you see on postcards for the Camino, like the yellow trails, uh, their yellow flat footpaths. Well, it weren't yellow, but they looked yellow from the sun. Greenery everywhere. All you can hear is the cockroaches screeching and everything. And it was really warm and it was just lovely. We stopped off in all these little rural cafes um, that were like at the side of houses and stuff like that. At one stage, we went into a cafe, right? Um, and it was hilarious. And I was like, Jesus, I'm transported back in time. This is great. At one stage, we went into a cafe that was that was part of someone's house. It was like walking into their sitting room. And they were serving from their sitting room. But obviously, they were serving food. Flies everywhere to beat the band. So can I have um, can I have some apple tart with that fly? Um, went into the bathroom. As you walked into the bathroom, the ice cream um, freezer was there beside you. You went into the bathroom and basically uh, the washing machine was there in the bathroom, the dishwasher and the, the clothes were there as well, the dirty clothes. It was like mad. But you're, you're immersing yourself into rural, rural, rural Spain where people are making a living. And this is their only income like. And it was lovely. It was lovely. Um, so... Next one, we walked into Paradon anyway. That was 20k. That was another long ass day, but it was lovely. Um, really, really nice. And again, met loads of people along the way, in and out of the woods. Um, lovely lady from Canada. And this is the thing, guys. You need to talk to people. You make connections by talking to people. Met a lovely lady from Canada when we got talking. She was saying that she was actually coming to Ireland to, exib- to exhibit her art. And I put her in contact with Angle from Frame Experts in Renla. Um, who are good friends of mine who owns an art gallery there and a framing store and a framing shop as well. And I was like, listen, you should hook up with this guy because, you know, that's an art gallery in a really good um, influential area where art is really cool. And I think you'd be a really good connection. And she goes, oh, my God, thanks so much. I connected her with him and she was delighted. I texted her when I got home. I said, I hope you made contact. It was so lovely to meet you. And if you're in Ireland, give me a shout and I'll meet you for a cup of coffee. Connections. Joining the dots. That's what eco fitness is all about around the world. Um, okay, the next one was our last and final walk. So we walked from Pardon. This was the longest day now in Santiago. Now, this this was the day I got sorry, I thought my son was calling me. This was the day I got rid of my bag because it was too heavy. It was unbelievably heavy. Um and I was sick of it at this stage. So the one of the girls who left early, um, who flew home early because her knees and everything was killing her. And she goes, look, I'm not enjoying it. I'll come back again when I'm fit and I'm not enjoying it. And um, sorry, my son was talking to me there. So there was space in the in the bus that used to take our bags in the morning. So I threw my bag in. I said, listen, all I need is my bum bag. So the final and the last day, I just got this fit that I really, really, really wanted to go running, right? Because I had this vision 
of me running through the Camino like I did, like I ran up the trails in Dublin in the Hellfire Club. Um, for my training for half marathons, I'd go up in the trails up in the Hellfire Club, up the Dublin Mountains, and I'd run them on a, a, probably every second Saturday or one Saturday a month. And I just love it. So I kind of was, I was kind of chit-chatting to everyone and I was like, uh, guys, would anyone mind if I just ran and um, like just ran and left the group because I know where I'm going. I'll be totally fine. I'll just follow the yellow signs. We can't get lost and I'll meet you in there. So I was, I was afraid to say to people at the beginning, thinking that I'd be running away from them. So I kind of had to chit chat with a few people separately and they're like, do it, Queen. It's your holiday. Like at the end of the day, you were really mindful of everybody and even though it wasn't you weren't meant to be working you were working really and I said okay grand I stuck in my headphones and um I just went running and I ran all the way in to Santiago and it was the best feeling in the world that I could actually run into Santiago with my two legs after doing all of that and I was so light from the bag it was amazing Santiago and the way in Santiago Obviously, you come towards real kind of um, commercial scenes, scenery, because you're coming into a little town. But I actually thought it was nice. You can see Santiago in the distance and you're coming in and coming in and coming in and coming in. And it's getting closer and closer and closer. I actually enjoyed it. Some people say it's not nice. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, so we're in Santiago and it was just fab. Little streets reminded me of Rome, a smaller version of Rome. You went into the cathedral. It was really like all you could hear was dong, dong. You know, like I, I went in on my own and I was just going, God, this is deadly. And the little streets and everything. And it is just gorgeous. Santiago's gorgeous. Santiago's so nice. I came back and said to two of my clients, one of my clients, actually, who I know very well for years. And um, we were, were actually friends from the kids in school as well and stuff like that. And um, she was going to Galway for her friend's 50th birthday party and I said listen price Santiago for the sake of going over for two and a half hours on a plane you're st- you're half an hour like 15 15 minutes from the airport Santiago uh, a cup of coffee is 150 a meal is a tenner like a lunch is six euro like you're better off going to Santiago than going down to Galway and I guarantee you it'll cost you the same amount of money and you'll have such a lovely experience after she can she did she cancelled Galway and she booked Santiago and they spent the same amount of money going to Santiago and for spending and flights and accommodation than they did going to Galway and they had an absolute ball of time and they had the weather and the heat. Like, why not? And get the experience. Santiago was gorgeous. Now, the only thing I would say is, and I'm going to be totally honest here, right? I would have loved personally myself I would have loved to maybe have two nights in Santiago because I thought it was an absolute gorgeous little city. We didn't get enough time there. Um, two of the ladies who have done this route already, who came with us, they actually stayed on an extra night until Monday. And we should have stayed on until Monday. We left on Sunday because we got in there on Tuesday, Friday, we got in there on our last walk in Santiago was Saturday and then we had to leave Sunday. We got up and we had to leave Sunday. So we didn't really get to see, we got to see a good bit of it because our flight was later on Sunday. We should have stayed Sunday night and went home Monday. So that's the thing I would say is like fly in Sunday and fly home Monday because the Sunday night is the really good crack 
in San Diego because they play music because it's the it's the last day of the pilgrims coming in. And so they have music and everything. So it was really only revving up when we were leaving. So I would have loved two nights in San Diego to explore it because it was just an absolutely gorgeous city. Um, you could even fly into San Diego for a long weekend. Um, it's going to be inexpensive. The hotels are um, really reasonable and the food and the drink and everything is so, so, so reasonable. Like it's old Spain money. And I, I think so. I think go do it. Um, so guys, that, that was it. That was it. So what was included in our what was included in our stay was seven nights accommodation with ensuite rooms, B and B, typical three star three star standards. You could we'd private airport transfers, um, we'd bag transfers each day, we'd pilgrim passports. I lost mine, which was um which was issued by the Community Society in Ireland and they were recognised as well. Um the security, all the flights were not included. That was the only thing. Now, when we got into Santiago, you to get your certificate, which was pretty cool. I have my certificates here. I'm going to pull them out now. So I have all my little certificates here. So because I lost my passport book, they do say you have to show your passport book that you walked 120k to get your certificates. But I just said, listen, lads, I lost it. And um, they, they said grand. So when you get in Santiago, like the church is there. It's lovely. We went into the mass. Yeah, like you just can walk into any mass and all that was lovely. I left it to the next day, Sunday morning, to go down and get my certificates, which I'm opening up now. You have to pay for the, you, you don't have to pay for certificates, but I paid for the one um, that gave my name in in Spanish or Greek or whatever you call it. I'll have to look at it here now and open it up. I'll open it up right now in front of me. My my name is, um, I don't know what it is actually, or what kind of language it is, but anyway, my name in Hebrew, or I don't know what it is, is Karinam Duffy. Duffy is the exact same. So it's nice to have that. It's nice to have the Camino certificate that you did it. Um, you go to, you just ask the local tourist office or the locals, where do you go to get your certificate? It's down the end of the town. Couldn't even tell you where it is. For one far, the far side off the church but there's no point even saying that because it could be anywhere that's Irish directions now I'm giving you go down the road there now and you'll see the sheep and turn to the left that's pure Irish directions anyway all you have to do is ask anybody where to go to get your um certificate and hand in your to get your passport stamped and that's it and you come home with your passport you come home with your certificates and you're as proud as punch and you get to meet lovely people create really cool experiences switch off the biggest thing I took from the Camino was, and we're going back next year again, is it's a complete switch off, guys, from the modern day living. Like, at one stage, I didn't even know my name. And I, I got so chilled out and so switched off from notifications, checking in, and all this kind of jazz, and living in fight or flight response, I forgot to check in on the way home. So I had to queue up to Aer Lingus. Everyone was like, did you check in? I was like, yeah, uh, I don't know. And when I got to the airport, I never checked in. And that's not like me. I'm usually on the ball. like, But I was so switched off from the world that I forgot to check in. So I had to queue up the old-fashioned way in Aer Lingus in the airport on the way home. But I didn't mind. But it just goes to show you how much I was switched off, which did the world a good for my nervous system. And the connections that we made with everybody was just... The memories, you can forget about them. 
unless you have memories from pictures, podcasts like this, the voice notes now you'll hear from the guys as well. And the little voice notes I took along the way, people will forget until you have memories like this, like a podcast and like recordings. So I was going around recording every like towards the last day I was recording the guys going, hey, uh, on Instagram, what do you think? What's your experience so far? Some of them got deleted by mistake, but I have some of them saved here and you'll hear them at the end of the podcast. So what's the plan of action for the next time? We're going to go over in April again next year. This time I would like to do the coastal route and start off at the coastal route, have the swimsuit with me, be jumping in, get eat, pray, love moments, um, jumping in again, smaller bag. I'll be bringing less clothes. There's no need for like I only wore 20% of the clothes I brought with me because it was so light and hot and everything there was no need for it and anyway you'd be stopping off in little, little cities that have Zara and Mango you just pick up some t-shirts and shorts along the way you'd be grand like you'd be sound you're not going to be stuck you just buy them over there you can buy sunscreen over there you can buy plasters over there it doesn't matter you're not going to be stuck Um, just bring the basics with you so next year, we're going planning on doing the same time again in April. We decided to go outside of the Easter holidays because when the kids are in school, it's easier to get babysitters. Um, so the moms who left their kids for the first time ever was like, yeah, it was easier when they were in school because at least they didn't have to look for sitters during the day and stuff like that. So next time we'll want to do the route. The difference I'll do next time is like there's no need to be doing a full seven days of walking. Like there really isn't. I would nearly prefer to fly in the Sunday, um, do walking right up until Thursday or Friday, take Saturday and Sunday off, enjoy Santiago um, or enjoy a day in another city somewhere else and um, get the bus, like walk for four days, grand, and get the bus in. Like, don't even bother walking into the next town. Just get the bus from the near, get the bus wherever you stopped on day four, ride in San Diego and spend two days in San Diego or a day somewhere else, not walking and enjoying a city or something like that. Um, what one of the, what two of the girls did that stayed with us is, I don't know where my map is. Um, I don't know what I did with the map. It's downstairs somewhere. The day they went into San Diego on the Saturday with us, on the Sunday, they took a taxi out to this town uh, I think it's called the end of the earth outside San Diego and it's it's basically a beach a beach resort a beach kind of style place and they spent the day there and got a taxi back sure isn't that perfect and they got to explore another part as well so I'd nearly prefer to do something like that as well spend the day in San Diego and then maybe on the sun dig up in the morning explore San Diego get a taxi out to the end of the earth where the beach is it's about a half an hour, 20 minutes taxi ride away. Spend the day there and get a taxi back that evening and still have the night in San Diego. Job done. Um, Yeah, so there you go. So that was my honest opinion of the Camino. I got no blisters. I was very lucky, but a lot of people did get blisters. So definitely bring your E11 form. Have travel insurance, guys, because you just don't know if your blisters do get bad. Will you end up in hospital? And even if you do, you still have an E11 form. They'll see you quicker with the E11 form. You have your tra your travel insurance. You can claim some of the costs back when you get back Um, that if you did have to pay something. And don't be afraid to stop is what I would say. Like if you are struggling don't be afraid to say to your guide or where the group is wherever with you. Slow down, guys. Don't be afraid to take your own pace. If people want to run off and people are faster at doing a pace and they want to get there quicker, 
that's okay. If you want to take it slower, find your pacers and you guys take it at your pace because guess what? All roads lead to Santiago. All the, the yellow arrows will bring you to the same place. And you're well informed when you book in with a group. You're well informed. You have the route. You know exactly where you're going. And it's very easy to flag down a taxi and go to the next town. Now, what I would say is if you're if you think that your fitness level won't see you through for the whole day, bring, bring cash because some taxis only accept cash and have your Google translator at hand because when you get into rural, rural, rural Spain, um, like outside of the Santiago, when like right in the middle of um right in the middle from where we started to Santiago. Have cash and a Google translator and you should be good to go then as well. So guys, so I asked some of the guys that came with us um after we went to the Camino. Um because we all took a word from the Camino. Like we did cool little things during the Camino. Like we all took a word that um that kind of expressed how we felt during the Camino. Mine was peace. Some people's was renewed. Some people's was peace as well. And um, a few guys left me a WhatsApp message a week or a week or two after we went to the Camino. It's just saying what their word was for the Camino and we'll say their top tips for people visiting the Camino. And everyone left kind of different tips. So hold tight, guys. We're nearly finished the podcast. And in the next few WhatsApp messages, um, I downloaded them, put them up here to the podcast. You'll hear the messages and then I will chat to you afterwards, guys. If you don't happen to get to the end, um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you got some worth and some tips and tricks from it as well. Check the show notes out for the whole itinerary of the trip. And then I shall see you at the end of the podcast where I will sign you out, guys, and give you more information about where can you find up and coming trips as well. Well, Mary, what's the crack? Oh, it's good. One word for the Camino. Um, peaceful. Peaceful. Any tips for anyone? Keep those feet dry and put on the camping stick. Woo! Yeah. Yay! Barbara, tell us about your tip for the Camino. Top tip. Be open, listen to people, and tell your story. Woo! And what's your word for the Camino? <laughs> What's your word? Hope. Woo! Yes, because that worked. Woo! So, Dave, what day are we, Dave? Five, five. Five. At the Camino, we stopped in this little streety village up the mountain somewhere in Spain. She will tag it here and you can find it. Again. And we said we're having a great morning, just the three of us. Everyone else has stopped at a cafe. Yvonne, we said we might as well be rushed about this. <laughs> <laughs> One word to describe the Camino so far now. Uh, today it's really peaceful. Oh. It's nice and gentle. Yeah. It's been really kind to us. Good, Gillian. And I feel gifted that I'm actually able to do this. Yeah. I'm blessed. I can't quite figure out the word yet, but the fact that I have the power to do this, I'm so grateful. We're like something out of the nunhood. We're so calm. We're, we're like, oh, we're we zen. We're chilled. We're zen. We're, we're stoned. Yeah. Stoned in nature. <laughs> we're zen we today. I think my it's word. It's been beautiful today. Yeah. It really I think is. my word is peaceful as well. Yes, yeah. peaceful. And kind to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it is hard, isn't and it? We're all hard. learning from each other. Blister. It's hard. So we're being kind to ourselves. This is the blister brigade. <laughs> the blister brigade. Gratitude is my word. Um, two years ago, I wouldn't have even walked one kilometre to the shops. And I'm now so grateful that I have the walking fitness and the belief that I can do hard things if I put my mind to it. So since then, I've lost a couple of stone in weight and I've gone walking regularly up the mountains. 
and I'm just grateful that I have the use of my legs and I'm able to do 120 times the amount I used to walk as my max amount of walking. So um, I had a great Camino, would highly recommend it to anybody and one Camino. Hi Karina, it's Jill here. Just um, one of my top tips for the Camino, sorry it's a bit late, um, is to pack your suitcase three quarters full and bring an empty rucksack for your day sack as when you're moving from hotel to hotel your packing is not going to be as neat as it was when you uh, packed at home. This, this way you'll be able to have a light backpack to carry every day because you're obviously going to have to add water and all that to it. Um, Second tip um, is mind your feet before and after the Camino. So I've learned the hard way that you only put a compete plaster on a de-roofed blister. So the link is going to be attached for this um, podiatrist who's, who's very good at blister management and it's very well worth a read. And she also goes through it on video there as well. So I'd, I'd advise you to listen to that first before you go. Number three, I don't know how many you're going to put into the podcast, is do your Camino your way. So arrange to meet at certain places with a group if you're going with a group, but go at your normal pace that you would walk rather than the pace of maybe the leader who's walking, whose pace is a little bit faster. Um, that will stop you, will help stop you getting blisters and take at least three breaks during the day. So a snack, lunch, a snack and at the end. Hi, it's Barbara here. I was on the Camino with Eco Fitness and I can't even think of the words to explain how I feel about it. I just had the most amazing time with the most amazing, inspiring, strong women. Every single one of them inspired me and I came home buzzing. I went through a really bad time recently and I had a stone with the word hope written on it. And in the middle of the Camino, a small group of us found this most amazing waterfall I have ever seen. And I just felt like I was in heaven. I was so present, so content and so at peace with life that I chose to leave my hope stone there and promised myself I'd return there someday. We all went on a journey this, that week some just really enjoyed the days and were already content. Others took time to put things in perspective. We opened up and listened to each other. We cried, we laughed, and we all grew a little. We came away empowered and stronger than we started the week. And for those that didn't feel huge change, came away with a new group of friends I believe it was a win-win for all. And I can't wait for the next adventure with Eco Fitness. You are all amazing. So my practical tips are the obvious ones, basically. Even if it's not so sunny, um, I would say every morning before you leave your accommodation, just put on the factory, the sun cream to cover up everywhere. Even on the dull days, you could still get sunburned over there because you're just not used to the sun, which is, yeah, which is something I watched out for. Um, also, obviously the most important things before we leave and everyone says the same thing are just make sure your shoes are broken in, be it like your trainers or your hiking shoes or boots. I actually use my hiking boots because I knew they were the most broken in. Um, they might have been a little bit warm, but look, they, um, 
they kept me going anyway, which is the main thing. Also, um, the thousand mile socks are very important. Just nothing with the hazard ridges around your toes because the constant rubbing, rubbing does lead to blisters. <laughs> so actually there's only six people that got blisters on our trip. I was one of them, but they weren't too bad to be fair. And I think it was just cause big boots and big socks. <laughs> but still, um, I was fine. Just some band-aids, compede. Also, you can get the compede gel for blister gel. And um, I just found it helped every night and there's really good foot creams as well. So all of that definitely helps. So your feet are the most important thing on the Camino and then you need to look after the most. They're just my practical tips anyways. And then just some other unexpected stuff. Um, I suppose for someone like myself working from home, uh, although I'm on teams a lot with my colleagues, I guess I was a little bit insular. So the part that I enjoyed most was just changing groups of people you're walking every day and you're having a different pace or you stop off and sit down and talk to different people in the group or even other people doing the Camino. It's not necessarily in your group. It's just nice to hear other people's stories. And it was actually, it's kind of refreshing. Everyone just seemed really open and happy to chat and give their story and their plans. And you know what? It was lovely. I really enjoyed it. And that's another thing I just recommend people just chat to everybody, get to know everybody. It's just, you get a really good feeling from it. And then there was just one thing that was kind of unexpected that I found it's kind of hard to know what to do. Um, we had a few people who were injured in our group and even though they were fine and they were happy for the days to go slow or maybe sit it out, I kind of feel guilty though because you know, I had a few listers, whatever, and I was fine. I'm well able to go on every day, but I did feel a little bit guilty for the guys who weren't able to join us um, for parts of the days with, with injuries, or even people who you could tell were in pain. It's kind of uneasy feeling and kind of felt a bit useless because they had no medical, <laughs> no medical background to help anybody, only just to ask them if they're okay. So that was one kind of unexpected thing where I kind of didn't know what to do when there's people injured in our group. I just feel a bit awkward, even though they were fine, but still, it's, uh, it was just a weird feeling. But overall, the experience was absolutely fantastic. Um, just And I just had one person I knew in the group and obviously got to meet so many people who were just incredible and fantastic bunch. And we had proper laughs and I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, so I think that's, that's all my message. <laughs> Take care. So my top Camino travel tip would be to embrace it all and go in with no expectations. And one word from the trip is fulfilling because I felt fulfilled with the positive energy that I was surrounded by um, through the nature, encouragement and laughter and chats with all the girls. Um, and I really noticed, I suppose, that the contentment within myself um, while I was away and that really everybody has like different life experiences and I really feel that each one of us who were in the on the trip are inspiring without them realizing it. Every one of them was inspiring and hopefully we each helped each other without realizing it. And thanks so much. I loved every minute of it. My word is laughter. And um, the reason I picked that is because I laughed more last week than I did in the last 10 years. And I realized how important laughter is and that things that you think are very important or um, stressful when you laugh and make light of it, um, it all, all your worries kind of fade away. Um, so laughter for me is key um, to bring it all back to basics.
Um, my top tip for the Camino is to worry less about what you're packing and the kilometers that you're walking. It's uh, concentrate more on the people you're walking the road with and walking the kilometers with. That's where the enjoyment is. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're first or you're last, it's the people that make the journey. So it's the people that along the road that make the Camino the best, the best experience ever. Guys, that is it over and out. I hope you really enjoyed the podcast. And if you did listen to the podcast, reach out to me on Instagram. That's where you can see me daily. That's where I hang out at um, ecofitness underscore or just look up Karina Duffy, K-O-R-I-N-A, and you'll find me there. I'm pretty sure you can start to leave comments now um, under the podcast, especially on Spotify. So don't be afraid to leave me some comments. And guys, to help other people find the podcast and to find episodes like this, reviews are reviews are so um beneficial to us podcasters for other people to come across our podcast if you have two minutes to leave a review i would be forever grateful and especially if you enjoyed the podcast um that would be your little bit of giving back to eco fitness for recording the podcast it would be amazing thank you so much and it'll help other people um find our podcast and feel free you have my full permission to share around the podcast as well and i'd love your feedback either in the comments in this comment section because i'll leave it open or come on to instagram and give me a message or feel free to tag me on instagram as well screenshot it and share and give me a tag and let me know if you enjoyed it and did you get some tips or tricks if you're looking for the up and coming events our solo events are really taking off guys especially around Ireland. So go to my website, Eco Fitness, E-C-O Fitness. Some people call it Echo Fitness. It's ecofitness.ie. Look up events, look up solo events. And if you don't see events there, it could possibly be because um, we booked out the events to, with our members and our solo crew and anyone that has anyone that has booked into events in the past with Eco Fitness is on the email system and they want to come on. But definitely reach out to me anyway and I'll let you know of any up and coming events as well. Thanks a mil guys. Karina, Eco Fitness. Chat laters.